chapter 10. Also, if uh, you missed it earlier, just mentioning that there are sermon notes back there, a half sheet of paper, as well as uh, a green card, encouragement card, and I really would strongly encourage, because I will be referencing and having you do something with those encouragement cards in uh, a little bit. So to grab one of those, there should be pens somewhere along the rows, because I went through. So give that. that. By the way, those who are online, they're like, well, I don't have the sermon notes, but if you have uh, the version Bible app or just whether it's on your phone or, again, on the computer, uh, Bible.com, I think, is where it goes, and you go to events, it's one of those probably uh, places along there, a menu that you would hit events, and you look for Oil City Community Alliance, and we're on there, and It'll be the scripture reading that we just get ready to do, and we'll have those sermon notes on there, so uh, you can actually access those uh, online as well through uversionbible.com uh, events. Let's begin. Hebrews chapter ten, verse nineteen. Therefore, brothers and sisters. Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. Since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching let's pray together father we thank you for our time of worship and as we come to your word We pray that you would speak to us, but that that would result in worship as well, worship that obeys you, worship that fulfills what you want of our lives, our life would be a holy worship unto you. So move in us, continue to prepare us in communion time. Speak, not just today for what each of us may need to hear for ourselves, but for what you are trying to get through to us about one another. Move and work as only you can do, Jesus. We thank you for this. Amen. So the question in the title today is, why are we here? Why are we here? This is not so much an existential uh, question about why we exist on the earth, that's uh, for another time, but it's really a practical question. Why are we, God's people, the church, OCCA, right here, right now? Why are you here right now? Assembled together on a Sunday morning. And I'm sure that we could come up with a number of different answers to that question, Uh, Some of them, unfortunately, will have a churchianity angle, but some will come from Christianity. 
you know, with that awareness. We need to come up with an awareness of a difference between religious tradition versus what the truth of God's word tells us. And that's what we're going to look at this morning, at least in part of why are we here by what this passage says. When you look at verses 19 through uh, 22. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, since we have a great priest over the house of God, since we have, since we have, since we have, then we get to verse 22. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse from a guilty conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. The very first thing and the purpose laid out for us is let us draw near to God. Let us draw near because of what Christ has done. His presence, not, it's not just that he's, it's us drawing near to God as individuals, but together what Jesus has done. It is a let us draw near to God in the sense of the worship that takes place as we're assembled here. But we go beyond that in verse 23. Let us, here's the next one, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Let us hold fast on our faith. Let us hold to that hope. Let us not just be... uh, lifted up by all this but grow up and be strengthened as we hold strongly in our faith to the God who gives us hope in all of this there's a sense that we can be encouraged in this hope and really through his word it helps to give us hope There's a sense that the, in a, we could say the first lettuce has to do with worship. The next has to do with the word. But it doesn't stop there. Verse 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Stirring one another on towards love and good deeds. This oftentimes is the lettuce that is missing from the church garden. Are you with me? Just checking, seeing whether you're there. Okay, you know, I'm glad I, you guys are doing good. It didn't go right over everybody, so. You know, but but it is. I mean, we've got the first two. Yes, Jesus is our Savior. He's done so much for us. And yes, we have this hope in Jesus. And, and, and yes, we want to worship him. And yes, we want to be encouraged in his word and have all this. But, but wait a minute, there's one more thing here. And in fact, in verse 25, that goes on to describe what is just said in verse 24. Verse 25 says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. One of God's goals for us when we think through this, and 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 it's saying in verse 25, not giving up gathering together. Why? So that we would encourage one another. There is more to what goes on in Sunday morning and what is church, because this is not just what church is, is a church service. There is more that goes on in Sunday morning than songs and sermons. Don't misunderstand. Those are important. It's important to emphasize the worship and the word together. But here's 
what God is trying to get across to us. He had each of those, let us draw near, let us hold fast, let us stir one another on towards love and good deeds to encourage one another, ultimately leading all down to this. We must encourage one another. Originally, when I had that in the the notes, I said, we need to encourage one another. But this isn't one of those things that God is saying it's a need. You need to. It's a must. You see, we must encourage one another is why we are here. We understand. Why are we here? God said, let us consider how we spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but here's what we should be doing, encouraging one another all the more as we see the day approaching. This is why we're here. This is the must. And it's not just in this passage, but in other passages. You see, like in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, therefore encourage one another and build each other up. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you will be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And as well, Hebrews, or, uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 11, finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Again, encourage one another. It says over and over. This is the purpose. This is what a church is to be about, what the church is about. And unfortunately, there are those who think that church is just about the service that we go to church, not that we are the church. Which means that churches really becomes just about them and their needs. The why of why we're here is for me, for my spiritual benefit. When it's really why we're here, according to the scriptures, is for God and for others. Which really kind of fits with what Jesus said were the top two commands, right? Love the Lord your God and love others. Those are the two primary purposes. Those are the whys of our life. Those are the whys of why we're here. What does that mean? What does encouraging one another look like? Let's get a practical this morning. Let's just get practical, explore, and try to put this priority into practice. And let's start out by this. We need to understand what encouraging one another involves. We need to understand what encouraging one another involves. Encouragement, as a word, some would say, takes place 142 times in the New Testament. I didn't count them all, so I, I can't vouch for that. But it literally means coming alongside. It means to build up, to strengthen, to comfort, to console, to refresh, to exhort, to urge, to implore. It has a broad meaning for broad application. And and we'll talk more about it in the future as we go on through this year and our communion Sundays and and a few others uh, in, in here and there. It even really fits with so many of the one another commands. This encouraging one another is kind of an overall thing. I mean, just think about accept one another, bear with one another, forgive one another, greet one another, serve one another, bear one another's burdens, pray for one another, love one another, etc., etc., etc. 
all can become under that umbrella of encouraging and building up one another. What encouraging one another is not is not some trivial, temporary kind of being polite thing to say, especially if you're not speaking the truth in love. Although some people need to make sure they don't get confused because there's some things, well, I say that because it's not true. It may be truth. It just isn't true to you because you have an attitude, you know. But we're talking about speaking the truth in love. Also, as we think about this, encouraging one another is not about complimenting somebody. It's not just making them feel better in that moment, but it's helping them to get on a path where they can be better, not just feel better. Uh, on the other end of that, encouragement is it is not meant to be counseling. Although in counseling, encouragement can take place. Encouraging one another doesn't... that You don't have to have all the answers to encourage one another. You don't have to, have to help solve all the problems. Not to suddenly make them feel all better again. Especially when sometimes that's not necessarily what God's actually wanting to do in their life. That's not the first the priority of God, even though that may be what someone wants. But coming alongside, that's what encouragement means, to come alongside, lifting up that person, helping them take the next step. We may not be able to change the pain, but we can encourage them in a way that helps them to better cope with it. Encouragement can be an affirmation, an attaboy, a, you're on the right track, uh, affirming the direction the person is on, but also affirming the person, who they are. Even in failure, there's something good, there's something positive in each of us because we are all made in the image of God. Now that doesn't mean that we affirm or are encouraging somebody in something that God himself does not affirm or encourage. Are you with me? It's not what we're saying. Because you hear people say, well, you know, why don't you support them and encourage them? You need to encourage them. Well, if God's not going to encourage them in that, it's difficult for me to not encourage them. Again, making sure we understand the difference between what's true to you and what's truth in your word. But the, there are... Extremes. I mean, you got that extreme where you just, well, whatever, and just encourage them. And then you got the other extreme that for some Christians, encouragement really only means exhortation. You know? I have, you know what? I think it's, I've gone, I've gone almost a whole week without rebuking somebody. I, I, I think I must have, uh, I'm sinning here. So, Lord, bring me somebody to rebuke. Uh, there's just some people that that's the, they're so quick to give their foot from behind to someone and not so quick to give a hand up to help them. There's a lot more that we can say about that, and we'll look at it in a few weeks, dealing with it, understanding that, that balance of what is needed. We can affirm the qualities that God has given and gifted somebody, both naturally and supernaturally, communicating. You've got this. God's got you. There's a sense that, I guess we can think of it this way. <clears throat> to encourage is to add encourage. Is to help them in that kind of way. To hang on. To keep pressing on. To persevere 
not just to survive, but you can thrive, to help lift up the downhearted, the discouraged, the disillusioned, the depressed, the defeated, helping them to keep their head above the water at least until their feet can touch again. Yet even if things are going good, it's still good to have a good word that encourages you for doing good. You know what? You're doing good. Keep pressing on to cheer others in the race. If they've fallen, we cheer to get back up. If they've fallen behind, we cheer, press forward. But we don't have to wait for someone to fall to decide we're going to encourage them. Instead, by encouraging someone, we may keep them from falling to begin with. This is a part of what it means to stir up, to spur on one another in love and good deeds. Who is it that God is putting in your heart and your mind, maybe already has, that you need to go and sit down in their cheering section? I really want to encourage you today because I prayed this and believed that God can give each of us. I, 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 it's almost hard to believe that we can't, somebody can't think of someone, but a belief that God can put upon our hearts and our minds today, somebody, even at the end of this message, that we'll write a note out to. Encouraging them. It's uh, a story that I saw. I I don't know whether this is true or just a story, but uh, there was a wealthy businessman who hosted a spectacular party in which he had his swimming pool filled with sharks, barracudas, and other sort of dangerous fish. He announced to his guests that he would like to challenge any one of them to try swimming across the pool, and he would offer a first prize of either a new home in the mountains, a trip around the world for two, or a piece of his business. No sooner had he made the announcement than there was a splash, and a man rapidly swam across the infested waters and bounded up the other side. The millionaire said... uh, to this dripping man, dripping wet man, he said, that was a stunning performance. What prize do you want? And he answered kind of tersely, right now, I really don't care about the prize. I just want the name of the turkey you pushed me in. (laughs) You know, sometimes we think of encouraging, you know, somebody just needs a push. They just need a little push. This is not the kind of push that somebody needs. Instead, yes, there's there's the, the gentle nudging, but really what we need to do is to make sure that people are making their choice, helping them to have the courage to make the choice on their own, not pushing them in to whatever it is. Helping them to get to that point where they choose to dive in because you have encouraged them. It's not about pumping somebody up emotionally. It's about lifting someone up spiritually. Because that's where the strength comes from. It's not trying to get somebody to believe in themselves. Because you know what? That's going to go up and down. But rather, it's getting us to believe and trust in a God who does not change based on our situation or our emotions. God is our courage in us. And we inspire one another with this hope 
that we read about in the verses before here. Not a false hope, that the worldly expression, but the truth of a hope that lies with God who loves us with an everlasting love. Turn to Romans 8. Turn to Romans 8. We want to encourage hope, even in the midst of a battle. And whether somebody is going through something indirectly or directly, even with the enemy himself. To remind them. And I know sometimes it's not always received, but we still encourage. To remind them that we are on the winning side. Romans chapter 8, verse 24. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Down to verse 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Verse 31. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered to be sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are on the winning side. Encourage one another. As verse 24 in our passage in in Hebrews says, to spur one another on, to stir up. You know that word there that's used to spur one another on, to stir one another on, uh, uh, stir one another up in this. That word in other places is used in a negative kind of way kind of like as in provoke, to provoke someone. Now, obviously here it's used in a positive action with a positive result. But let's not miss the intensity of that word. The intensity of that word should be a part of what we're doing. Well, you know, fuck up, brother Bill. A bunch of of bitter boys become a bunch of better boys behind a big, big smile. Come on, fuck up, brother Bill. You spur one another on. Stir up. You know, faith, hope, love. The word that it's used there in that verse, love is the agape love. Stir us on towards also good deeds. That's what we are created for. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, We are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. We were created to do good works. This is what we're about. We need to understand what encouragement is. But also, as we look and move on to the next point, we need to understand who 
encouraging one another involves. Who do we encourage? We, we think about those who are sick, about those who are shut in uh, uh, for various reasons, not able. Think about those who are struggling with life situations. There's some going through tough times and big decisions. There's just many needs. But as we read verses 24 and 25, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as we see the day approaching. That's God's purpose. And His command. And you'll notice there, I just read that again. I know we've read that verse over and over. But it doesn't say encourage one another when they're down. Encourage one another when they're really in need. Encourage one another when they're really struggling. It just says encourage one another. All the times, all people, God never stops encouraging us. You don't have to be down to be lifted up. You know what I'm saying? We all need encouragement every day. I mean, when was the last time somebody said, whoa, 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 I, I, that's enough. Too much encouragement. Now, I don't, you need to stop that encouragement. That is, I can't handle any more encouragement, please. Now, somebody may have felt that when they run up against somebody who doesn't understand what encouragement is. You know, the kind of backhanded compliment version. Wow, I am so, I, I, you are, it, it, I, you know, I've really noticed that you're not as slow as you used to be. You know, I, I, I don't think I can call you a slug anymore. I think you, you know, you've gotten to where you're uh, about as slow as a turtle. You know, there's some people encouraged like that, but for the most part, people are, you know, that really encouraged. We're not saying no, no, no. The Bible doesn't say just encourage those who are down. Encourage those who are up to keep up, to keep going, to press on. Let's face it, we don't always get it right. Not only in giving encouragement, but we don't always get it right in receiving encouragement. But it's about God's encouragement. Ultimately, God is the God of all encouragement. Christ is the courage in us. And there's a sense that no one should say, I'm not encouraged or I, I, I got no one to give me encouragement. Nobody is giving it. You know what? Christ is pouring it out. But if you don't go to Christ, you're not going to receive it. Especially that if you just kind of religiously go to Jesus and you turn your cup over. He's not going to be able to pour anything out that you're going to be able to keep. So many times we come in places and we do the right thing but our cups turned over and we wonder why we're never filled for those who are online i'm not sure which camera you know it's kind of like i don't think through those things but for those who are online you're not here this morning obviously with more of this sickness spreading the, there are many that we've heard about how does this encourage one another fit with those who are online but not on site? You know, we read in verse 25, 
What's it say? Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Assembling ourselves. Hey, missing out on a service, but let's understand what that word means there. Let us not give up meeting together. That's not about missing out on a service. The word that's used there means to abandon, to desert, to leave behind, to cease from assembling with other believers. Everyone that I've talked to who is not here on site, but is online, has indicated very clearly they're not abandoning or deserting or leaving behind this fellowship. They're still with us, even if they're not here right now. They're still a part of this church family, still participating, still gathering together, not only as a part of the assembly online and doing it in a way that's not just passively watching TV while you're multitasking to something else but engaging, participating with God and with the church family. That's not abandoning it. Not just the worship service. For many, it's uh, online with the kingdom builders or the women's Bible study. And there are other ways that you, you, you talk to some of these people who have not, because of health problems, have not been here for a while. And yet they know everything that's going on. Probably more than some of us who are here. They know what's going on, staying connected, not only with what's happening with church family, but staying connected with church family members. So yes, for those of you who are online, we are missing you. You are missing us. But you are not missing. That's what we need to understand. There are those, you are still joined and gathered together with us. Therefore, encourage one another deals with you, not only that to receive, but to give. Now, all this is new territory that we've been traveling in for the last couple of years. Uh, not just with how we encourage one another online, on site, all those kind of things and everything that's going on. We, we don't always know the right navigation to make it through this, but we do know the right destination. And together we try to connect through the bumps along the way. Only the word of God is talking to all who are part, whether you're on site or online, about giving encouragement, which is one of the reasons of why we're here, right? That's why we're here. may not be physically present. For those online, may not be physically present, but you can still encourage others, including those who are online with you. You see, those who are aligned with you, and we don't always know. We don't always know who is online, who's not online. Now, I've been there. You can't tell uh, because people say, I was there, but it didn't show up. And I know that you were. I believe you. Uh, may not be your habit, but to begin to recognize why we're here is encourage one another is then perhaps to engage even in whether it's YouTube or Facebook, just putting a comment on there, say, hey, I'm here. And, and mentioning something to somebody else that's there and saying something, or even mentioning an encouraging word to the uh, people who are up there trying to get this online thing, keeping it going, while they're also keeping the service sound and everything else going at the same time. You can still be a part of that encouragement. 
You know, I, I was thinking about those who are online, and, and many of you know that this used to be a uh, racquetball club. And I, I kind of think of it in that analogy of those online. I'm, I might be off, so if I've offended you, you can always tell me, and I'll apologize now. But I just, my, my thinking is kind of, because I've been, I've had to be one of those people online watching and participating. Um, I kind of think about on a racquetball club, you know, there's the racquetball courts and the people down there playing. But then there's on the second floor, there's these windows and all the racquetball, kind of like what we have right there in the, in the sound booth. And those windows are up there and the people are in the windows and they're watching. And they're not just watching because if you've come all this way to sit up there, you're not just, you know, doing nothing. I mean, you're engaged in what's going down there. Sometimes you hear, uh, this was long ago and many pounds ago when I played, uh, but, you know, the, the, you could hear people up there going, yeah, or, you know, it was a good shot or something. You could hear them through the glass encouraging you to go on with the game, to keep on going. may not actually be down on the court, but you're still a part of the game, still a part of what's going on. I just want to encourage us to recognize our role no matter what might be our situation at the moment. God has called each of us to encourage one another. And there's a way to do that. Not just online, but through texts and, and other ways. It, it's something all of us are to be doing no matter what our situation. And the problem is that churchianity can creep in and, and, and say, yep, That's right, pastor, the church should be doing this. But they're thinking of the church from a worldly point of view as an organization. And therefore, encouragement is something the church as an organization should do. In other words, it should be coming from the church office and the pastor. And you might as well throw in the elders too, because what good are they anyway if they don't do that, right? they, They need to be doing all the... In other words, that's the way it is. Because, you know, we live in a consumer culture and customer is king. Now, it's not that the church office or the pastor or elders don't do these things. But we need to get a godly, heavenly perspective that is more than about our religious traditions and define church based on spiritual truth in the word of God. And what he's called us to, the point, the purpose, why we're here, is that we all encourage one another. Each and every one of us makes up the church. It is not an organization. It is not a building. It is a people connected in a church family as individual parts that God has put together into a body. Yes, we try to connect with people and all these craziness that's going on, but there's no way. To get around that the word of God is saying in his plan is that all of us and the church are to minister both inside and outside to one another. So when someone from this church family, including your friends, reaches out to you and encourages you, then to the God who keeps score... They did so because they are a part of the arms of Jesus through this church of which they are ministers. 
every one of us, we've said it before, everyone is a, everyone is a minister of God. Everyone has been called by God to do that. We are responsible as our brothers and sisters keepers. We don't always know how to do that sometimes and so and sometimes cannot. So the responsibility is not just that we give, but for those who want to receive encouragement, sometimes you actually have to say something. You see, there are those who, of us, we need to be reaching our hands out, but in the same token, those who are in need need also to reach the hands out. The two hands have to come together here. Finally, let's just move to the practical. We need to understand how encouraging one another happens. First off, it happens with words. Speak speak to someone. Use words. It doesn't have to be something big. We have said something small that it, you be surprised sometimes you talk to people who what made the turning point what kept them going was some little thing that made a big difference there's always people who are struggling around us dealing with trials and troubles some of us have bad days others just have a bad life the way things are going talk with them talk with them personally give a phone call a visit a note, a card, a text, an email. Uh, obviously, the more personal, the more direct that encouragement happens, it's more the more impact it can have. Hopefully, you've noticed that you have that and, and uh, you can still, I'm not going to be offended if you have to get up to get one of these. You still haven't got one. Because part of the response today is to say, you know what? We are to encourage one another. I say, you know, we can just say, yeah, amen, hallelujah, and walk out of here and wait till the next, well, that was good, but we don't do anything about it. I should do that. So I'm going to encourage you to take this before communion and to fill it out for someone. And and I I know some of you, as you're looking at this, I just throw this out, you know, you just take it, you know, flip it over. And that's how you write. Don't forget to put your name on it. I know there's going to be some people who are going to take it and turn it this way and think, well, wait a minute, that doesn't look right. My response to that is, this is a sermon on encouragement. (laughs) So, (laughs) guys, just throwing that out there. We can encourage one another with our words. But we also need to encourage one another with the word. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verses 13 to 18. We've gone through that when we went through our series on the end times. And it was where Paul is talking to the Thessalonians who were concerned, who were sorrow, who were worried about those who were in Christ but that had died before Jesus came back. And what's happened with them? And he's like, you don't have to sorrow like those who have no hope. And listen, here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going on. He was doing that. And at the very end of that passage, as Paul's trying to speak to them, encourage them and lift them up, at the very end, he says in verse 18, therefore, encourage one another with these words. Use the word of God. He even says to these words right here, encourage one another with them. And in other words, 
uh, that we've mentioned. I read Romans 8 earlier, Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 to 3. You know, we're, we're not, when we're doing the Word of God, we're not trying to preach to them. We're giving them something to hold on to. As they pass through the flood waters, as they walk through the fire, something to hold on to. Like Isaiah 43 talks about how God will be with us through the fire and the flood. Sometimes we encourage without words, without even knowing it, just encourage it by having right actions and right attitudes, by pressing on despite things that are going on in our life. We're running the race, and you know what? People are watching us. And you may not realize it, but you're encouraging somebody by the way you run that race. As they go through similar things or just like, I don't, not anything, anything close to similar, and yet it just encourages me. It spurs me on to keep running. Don't give up. Encouraging one another, not just in word and God's word, but in deed and good deed that it talks about in verse 24. It can be a simple thing. It can be a smile and a handshake. You may not think that means much, but to somebody, that was it. That's what helped them that day. Because the rest of what they got, a hug. I, I know we have to be more sensitive with all this, pat on the back and all that kind of stuff. But helping out, lending a hand, maybe some little gift, giving your time, your resources, going for a cup of coffee. As sometimes the greatest gift is your presence, just being there. One more way that we can be a part of encouraging someone is by praying for them and letting them know that we are praying for them. Which means that we actually do pray for them and not when we see them coming down the hallway saying, oh, Lord, I was supposed to pray for that person. Lord, I pray you'd bless them real good. Amen. Hey, how you doing? I was just praying for you. you know, let's really say we are and really do that. Because it makes a difference. Paul even talks about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11. By the way, this is not, I missed this verse somewhere in your notes. I don't think I put this one in. I may have, but I think I forgot to put this one in. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11. He says, as you help us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. So first of all, Paul's saying, we are going to be helped by your prayers. You've helped us by your prayers because of what God's done. But not only have you helped us, but you are encouraging others because they're going to give praise to God. They're going to be thanking God. They're going to be encouraged about what God's done in us because of your prayers. It's encouraging to know that someone is praying for you, not just because they care, but because we believe God answers prayer. In verse 24, it says to consider, to give attention, to continuously look at this. All these things, it's something that we need to keep at. We may not think, even pray about many of these things. Of who, who is it? I believe God can help us with that, but the question who needs encouragement is one, but who needs to give encouragement is an easy one. That's all of us. All of us. That's what we're doing, and, and we are doing it. 
this is not meant to be some slam on, on us as a, as a church, but an encouragement to spur us on towards love and good deeds. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. And we hear, I hear it happening and happening amongst people here and there, even those who aren't here calling those who are and those who aren't here calling those who are and all those kind of things. And just uh, God is working. We just want to say, keep it up. In fact, I want to encourage you throughout this week and, and each week, but this week, take each day, set a goal to encourage one person. It's really not that hard. One person each day. Even to encourage one different person each day because we could say, well, I just keep encouraging this one person. They need it. it well, what about, let's, let's expand our circle. And we just keep expanding our circle. Encourage one different person. So right now, I'm going to ask the worship team to come. They're going to play just an instrumental song while we prepare for communion part of what we want to do in preparing for communion is reflection reflection on verses 19 through 22 there in hebrews chapter 10 of all that jesus has done for us but we also have opportunity not only to prepare in reflection but to prepare in response and what verses 23 and 25 says even about encouraging that it, it, we come to this not as individuals but together as one and in fact they've those who were not waiting for one another and, and not taking it as a, recognizing that this is about not just me and God, this is about us and God. That Jesus didn't just die for me. We read in Acts 20, I believe it is, that Jesus bought with his own blood the church. He died for the church. That is us. So obviously you could go to someone, you could text someone, but I just want to encourage you in a response to this is to begin by saying, yes, Lord, I hear what you're saying. And I want to start it out by doing what it says to do. And so I want to encourage somebody right now. You know, write them a note, send texts in some other way. Uh, I just know that sometimes we have all these good intentions and we walk out of here and completely forget what we look like in the mirror as James talks about. Father, I pray you'd help us in this. Prepare our hearts to meet you, recognizing all that you've done for us, Jesus, that not only is just me, but for us, that you've made us together a family. Lord, we pray you'd help us to live what you've called us to, to understand the priority of the purpose that you have us together, at least one of those, is to encourage one another. Help us in this time to prepare. Remembering you and remembering others that you have died for.